Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Talk sports, uh, yes we do. Talk sports, uh. It's for you, Ray and Tay, and we spit it every day, and we're talking sports, give us a call, okay? Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, Tom Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up on a Monday Woof, to talk some sports with you. Give us a call, 718-664-9098, like always. Tweet at us. Check us out at rayandtaytoday.com. We're, we're everywhere. We're social for you. Ray, I mean, look, we got to start with NFL. And, of course, the breaking news of the day, Alshon Jeffrey, the stud wide receiver who's going into free agency for the Bears, has basically <laughs> – I don't even know. He he got caught with some sort of substance, and it's got him banned for four games. So he'll still come back this season, but for fantasy folks, he'll be going weeks 11, 12, 13, and 14 for the playoffs. But do you think he kind of just destroyed the type of big money he would have got as the number one receiver in free agency? You know, I hadn't even heard it, but now I'm hearing it. And – the thing about Alshon Jeffrey is he's big, and those big receivers are hard to come by. So he, I, I don't think he may – you know what will happen? Instead of ten teams chasing him, six teams will chase him. But he'll still get his money. I have a feeling that this kid is so young and big and strong and athletic, and maybe he just needed – you know, to take the edge off having a losing season and just being in a miserable situation in Chicago. But I, you know, those NFL coaches—they they look the other way on so many things. He'll get his money. It's unfortunate, but he'll get his money. Yeah, I, I hope so. You know, it's just fascinating to me. But let's talk the positive stuff. We had an amazing weekend in sports. We've got the election and baseball behind us. Now it's really the nitty-gritty time of NFL, college football, NBA's warming up, and college basketball's tipping off. We had, and we start with Sunday Night Football, we had two classic games with seven lean changes between the Seahawks, Patriots, and Steelers, and Cowboys. But starting with Sunday Night, Ray, for me, I, I was so blown away by just – both teams, the, the tactical coaching of Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick is its just a, a lesson in, in being head coaches. But these two teams going at it, and when Russell's healthy, which he hasn't been all year, and a poor offensive line is starting to gel, C.J. Procise is you know, someone who I liked a lot is, is developing, and maybe they'll get Rawls back. And you found Doug Baldwin, you know, not great uh, stats, but great touchdowns, three touchdowns. I, I felt as if going into Gillette, the Seahawks made a statement 
that prove to me that them and the Cowboys are the clear front runners in the NFC. And I didn't think the last play was pass interference. And they did this without Michael Bennett. He didn't even make the trip to say hello to his brother Martellus, who got busy. What do you think about the game, and how do you feel about the Seahawks after watching it? Because they're back. You know, I, I don't feel any differently now than I did before about the Seahawks. They are as good a franchise as there is in football, and certainly in the NFC, you can't really mess with the Seahawks in terms of their experience and how they're positioned for the playoffs. Now, what it does tell me, though, and we texted a little bit about this off air, there really isn't an elite set of teams in the NFL. I mean, you could argue by record it's the Cowboys in the NFC and the Patriots in the AFC, but they're beatable. They're beatable at home. They're beatable on the road. The Cowboys haven't really done anything, you know, uh, to speak of in the playoffs, especially not this team. So, well, they don't have the experience of the Seahawks. Everybody do you right about that? Everybody has any experience, right? And the Seahawks you're scared of because they do have the experience. And if they do get it clicking, you know, between Russell Wilson, Jimmy Graham, you know, these guys, Doug Baldwin, I mean, these guys yeah. are dangerous. They can do some things. If they get Rawls back, which which they're shooting for this weekend to get him back, I mean, that starts to become a dangerous team. But you're right that – those are the two teams you don't want to face in the NFC as the Cow- right now is the Cowboys and the Seahawks because you know the Falcons go down, the Packers look shaky. The the preseason folks, right? Carolina's nowhere to be found. We'll talk about them that three and six. Cardinals are so, a mess. Cardinals are Barely a mess. Rams can't <laughs> score. Uh, you know, Vikings are are nothing. Falling. I told you they're they're in trouble. Um so you know, the NFC East, you know, quiet as kept, the NFC East might put two teams in to, uh, you know, three well, tonight teams Tonight is a in, huge you know? game. Huge game tonight for the the football, New York New York football Giants, and we'll predict that in a little bit. But you're right. So the NFC is that looking at the AFC, and we'll get to the Cowboys Steelers in a second, but just sticking with the Patriots, right, they're still the best record, them and the Raiders. Um, when you – do you still feel, though, everything is the way it's going to play out? The AFC West teams still have to play each other. I don't know if the Patriots have necessarily another loss or two on their schedule. Maybe one, you never know. But no. um, i got to believe that everything runs through Gillette. Yeah, look at how they lost, right? They lost the fourth game of Brady's suspension when they were down to their third-string quarterback, and they lost to a Seattle team that, like we said, on any really Sunday, good. and yeah. especially when anybody. they get up for the game, they can beat anybody. So that's what it takes to beat the Patriots. I'm not sure that anybody else on their schedule. They definitely won't be. They definitely won't be uh, um, an underdog in any of their games, and they, they might not lose again. But let's give them one more loss. At 13 and three, the AFC Championship game is going through. It's going to be yeah. It's going to be there. Well. Let's talk about the classic battle on Sunday between our two favorite teams. We both picked the Steelers, and <clears throat> maybe, just maybe, this 35-30 result would have been different. Maybe if William Gay doesn't grab the face mask, I don't know. But what I By will the way, say is, face mask earlier in the in that. Uh, I know, ride. I know. But I'm gonna, but but I'm gonna say this. This is the hardest thing <laughs> to come out of my mouth, but. 
you guys, we were the better team in some ways, but you were the more efficient team. And I love the composure of Dak because it never gets too big for him. He's playing like he's been, and he's won two Super Bowls. He's playing like he's a Rodgers or a Marino or whoever, any name you want to say. And it's fascinating to me because, honestly, I could see Dak being the rookie of the year and Ezekiel right now, Ray. He could be the MVP. I mean, they're, they're playing that good. Yes, everybody's saying, oh, the line is so dominant, and they are. But look, Zeke is still doing what he is doing, and I don't want people to take away from a rookie who's got over a thousand yards, and it's week ten, and he's leading the NFL, and he's he's just doing it. So right now, I gotta say, how about them Cowboys, man? I, I just felt that our boy Kwame, I said, boy Kwame's up there smirking and smiling and laughing at me because when that hole broke and he ran, I was. Uh, thank God my babies, my boys are with me because I was about to break my very expensive television, <laughs> and I would have been very upset. I was hot because we had that game, and look, Le'Veon and Antonio and Ben killed it fantasy football wise. The Steelers were, I mean, explosive. What did you think about that game? It was it was like a classic. It really was. The one thing that's a little scary, though, is that both teams did what they wanted on offense. Both teams imposed their will. Dallas wanted to run the ball. And, by the way, Dak Prescott threw for 319 yards. But Dallas wanted to run the ball. On the humble. Don't tell nobody. And, you know, they did, although Zeke Elliott's biggest runs were in the fourth quarter, so you've got to be worried a little bit about fatigue and the defense breaking down at the end of the game. Uh, Pittsburgh did what they wanted, and Roethlisberger threw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. Didn't even have an interception. So both offenses feel great about themselves. Pittsburgh got to be killing themselves in a couple of reasons. Let me ask you this. We got to stop going for two all the time. Well, that's what I'm sorry. We got to stop it. Yeah. That changes the complexion of the game, especially when you go for it and don't get it on your first try, because then you feel like you're chasing those two points every single score. So four missed PATs. That fourth quarter looks different. Dallas has to go for a touchdown instead of a field goal. And I don't know if, look, the statisticians probably say you're right to go for two, but I I still think there's something for the psyche of a football player. There's something for playing from behind, chasing that two points. Now, I agree with looking at the chart. You know, when you're up five, you go for two, and you make it up seven, certainly in the fourth quarter. But I just think, Early in the game. Well, there's no reason to do it the first score, but we that's something we've been doing, and Tomlin and Ben like it, and they have a lot of trust. But I think sometimes if you don't get it the first one, then don't chase it because if you go back to the second one, 12, it doesn't feel as good as 13. Because at least 13, you're like, okay, that's a touchdown and two field goals for them. But you're right. Look, the percentages have pros and cons, especially the time of when you do it, but we just do it all the time. And, you know, which is why I fantasy I dropped Chris Boswell as my fantasy kicker because he doesn't even get enough attempts. Good news is Ben and Antonio and Le'Veon got it going. 
and some people have lost faith in my Steelers, I say hopefully the Giants win tonight. Either way, we're still very alive in that division. I don't believe in the Ravens or the Bengals that much. But I got to tell you, we only have room for one loss. Ten and six, chances are, you know, I, I really feel like ten and six is, is going to probably win this division. And at four and five, I think we can only play with one more game. I'd like to run the table, but that's just that's just how I how I see that, you know. Well, it, it I don't really know because does. Cincinnati has that has that tie. I think it's funny. Could, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I think that actually ten and seven might win the division. So you could actually nine and lose seven. twice. Oh, sorry, nine and seven could win the division. I think you could actually lose twice, especially because you all play each other. You figure uh, Baltimore goes to Dallas next week. Now, now the buzz will be around Dallas because Romo's going to back up Prescott. So there's going to be yeah. a lot of pressure and looking over your shoulder from Dak's perspective. He hasn't had to face that this season yet. Um, so we'll see. But I don't even say think they... he deserves the the comments of pressure. What this kid has proven to me. Well, well, if they would make a it, colossal mistake of putting in Tony, I'm telling you now. No, I think most everybody agrees with that, but you're only human, right? You're 23 years old, and you're thinking to yourself, you know, I'm the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. I've earned it every step of the way, but still, Tony Rome was a larger-than-life figure down in Dallas. So you have every right to be that guy, but you can't. It's just human nature. If you miss a pass, if you if you get intercepted, if you go if you go uh, three and out two three times in a row, fans will get restless. Fans have a short memory, so I don't know. I, I'm just saying it. It'll be it will be a factor. Now it'll be I hope it doesn't affect yeah. this game, but it'll definitely be a factor. Yeah. No. It's uh, it's something to. It's something to watch for. It's going to be really fascinating to me, and I'm just like, wow, I can't believe that this is happening and how great this kid is playing. I'm just so, so impressed. Now, what's really impressive is the Dolphins beating the Chargers, and I'll talk more about that later, but Hank's got to be happy. Uh, Our friend, call it to the show, 31-24. They just got it done. They did enough, and, you know, Phillip in some ways got outdueled. Um, but like I said, I'll talk more about that later. I got to ask you this. Talk to me about the Broncos and Saints. Um, I went with the Saints. You went with the Broncos. But, boy, that was a very entertaining, tight football game where the Saints played some pretty tough football that you don't normally see from them. And the great Drew Brees kept getting picked off, but Stewart was like a wide receiver for them. But tell me about what you talk about the the block kick and the run back and just the the Broncos pulling that game out. I think it's too easy to block kicks. I gotta be honest. With you. <laughs> I know it's I, I mean, I, you I know, know, it's almost like the change or. I don't know, yeah, with with the Bobby Wagners of the world, you know, jumping over people, maybe that, and Camp Chancellor, right, they made that cool and easy to do, easier to do. I feel like the defense is too athletic. I, I feel like the, the, a kick should be blocked on an extreme athletic play. I don't. I think I got to change that rule. I don't really like the defense getting a head start and hurtling over offensive linemen because offensive linemen can't do anything but be in that you know three point stance. So I, I don't like it. Um, now in terms of the game, so here's the thing: 
is the glass half empty? Is the glass half full? You know, if you're the New Orleans Saints, right, Atlanta's coming back to you. Carolina is, is thinking it up. So, all right, you might even still have have aspirations of making the playoffs. But the bigger question is, in my mind, is Denver happy or relieved? With I mean, they're both, right? They're happy and relieved. But did we see kind of the, the ceiling, the limit of what Denver can do? Because they can be had. They can if definitely it takes be had, a but... defensive score to win you, it's like three of their seven wins really are, are, are on fourth quarter defensive scores, then that's not going to work against elite playoff level teams, especially on the road. I mean, you still have a little bit of home field advantage in Denver, but that can't work on the road. So... I'm no, not it's sure. going to be interesting. You know, your Denver we'll, fans are, are, are a little shaky right now. Even at seven yeah, and three, and they're a shaky seven and three. <laughs> totally. And and with the Saints, look, nobody gains any ground. We'll talk about the Eagles and the Panthers in a minute. I mean, Falcons and Panthers in a minute, right? But Saints go to Carolina Thursday night. The only team that won in that division was the Bucks. But the Saints, Panthers, and Falcons all lose, so no ground gain, nothing really lost, and, and Tampa gets a win. But, you know, that, this is going to be fascinating come Thursday. Can the Saints bounce back, go to the division rival, and beat the Panthers? But I want to ask you about one of the worst football games probably ever uh, oh, to see. Is it worth talking six. about it? No, it's not worth talking about. It's just a quick question. Do you give Bryce Petty another start because you want to really see who he is? Or do you do that? It's three choices. Do you do that, and then after week 11, do you say, let's give Hackenberg a start? Do you go to Christian Hackenberg this next week? Do you just try to win as much as you can with Fitzpatrick? Like, where do you go? Because I think you've got to start to get answers, right? And, yes, I would say Petty needs another start, but at some point, I still want to see Christian, even though it's his freshman, you know, first season, you, you just want to see, is it too big for him? You know, not that you're going to mess him up, but, you know, let let him get his feet wet. I guess it's hard. Jeff fans need answers. You know what I mean? Because you can't go into another draft and say for the fourth year in a row, or, you know, we're going to draft a quarterback. I mean, it, it's insane. Well, right? you might have to, because I don't like Christian Hackenberg. I think he's he didn't even show me anything uh, at Penn State. So if I you didn't know, even show I me know. anything at Penn State, then I, I'm not feeling but it. But you got to give him a chance. Way, he was way drafted way high in the second round by the yes. Jets. That's ridiculous. Yes. I mean, he should have been a fourth or fifth rounder. So I don't hold But anything. people loved him freshman year with Bill O'Brien. They loved him out of high school, right? He was he was yes. a big, strong kid. He year, was like the next Matt Stafford, you know, coming out, yeah. big, strong arm, big kid. So, But you know what? You're right, though. You have to – if you're going to fail – you have to do it in a football game and or in several football games. Just like I know, I, I'm Nostradamus, I know Geno Smith's not the answer. I know that. So I don't have yep. to see Geno. Uh, I, I was a fan of Ryan Fitzpatrick being the best guy on the roster. And in an attempt to make the playoffs, I thought Ryan Fitzpatrick is your guy up until – the point where you're basically out of the playoffs. At three and seven, you're out of the playoffs. So at this point, 
Ryan Fitzpatrick is not going to tell you anything because he won't be there next year. He won't tell you anything about – he might help you decide about receivers, about your offensive line. Right, so it's between points. the two backups, it's between yeah. Petty and Hackenberg, and you, and you need answers. So they both need to I play. Think, I think, yeah, but I think you give Petty as much of a start as you can. He's a sophomore. He held the clipboard. He kind of right. should be able to pick up defenses and the tempo and everything. Would you but give again, Hackenberg that, at least the last two weeks of the season, 16 and 17? Maybe, if Petty's playing terribly, if Petty's playing terribly. But I think I don't care if he's playing game, great. Just to see just to see the kid in game action, you gotta, you need more answers I'll than have more questions. I'll give him a series or two. I'll give him a series or two. No, I'll, oh, I'll look at him on. for sure. I need more than a series from the kid. Well, let's Bryce Petty lose it. Let Bryce Petty lose it first. <laughs> how about how about the fact that we don't know from week to week who the Philadelphia Eagles are? A nice win at home over the Falcons. The Falcons are, are starting to slip again. You know them and the Vikings, but you know Ryan Matthews had a pretty solid football game. Julio did his thing, but he, you know, as good as he did, he he didn't hit the end zone. Matt Ryan played well. A couple well. of drops, a couple of big drops. <laughs> I don't know, but the Eagles, Ray, the Eagles are still kicking, still alive for the wild card, and still a pretty solid defense and a pretty decent one-two combination running game. I mean, how do you how do you gauge them? How do you rank the Eagles? That was a nice win. You know who the Eagles MVP is? Darren Sproles. He makes plays. You got to know where he is at all times, and he's that guy. He's that guy. Unfortunately, he's small, and you can't get on the ball more than 15, 17 times a game. But when he touches the ball, he's dynamic. The guy who is the quintessential Philadelphia Eagle is Ryan Matthews. The guy, when he's on, is great, running between the tackles, putting the ball, matriculating the ball up the field, and then he'll do something like fumble the ball or, or, or you know, make a bad read, won't cut it up the it's field. It's hard being an Eagles fan, so right? It just, Not okay. as hard as being a Jets fan, but it's hard being he an Eagles fan. He teases you, Ryan Matthews. He teases you. You want him to be great. He really is a, a fantastic, gifted, talented running back. But bottom line is the Eagles – are in it for a wild card, like you said, and they have to they have to be happy because they were terrible last year. And Carson Wentz is proving he's inaccurate at times, and he makes bad decisions at times. He's got a little bit of a kind of a gunslinger mentality, a little bit of that Brett Favre thing going on. Um, and I don't know if it's the play calling or, or his execution, but they found their quarterback. And as long as Ryan Matthews kind of you, you know, you, you keep him on the short leash. Uh, he and Darren Sproles are really good. They just need to work out that receiver situation. It hurts them that Zach Ertz got hurt and can't really live up to his potential this year. I don't know that he's physically there. Uh, even They're a couple years time. away in terms of their weaponry. I mean, their weaponry, it, it, it's, it's falling short. But I think the receiver, but that defense, I yeah. think what, I'd be happy as, a, as an Eagle fan right now. No, no, definitely. Quarterback and an improving defense, they just need a couple of pieces. Now, this is the weirdest team, man. You start off 17 to zip at home. You're doing a little dabbing, and Chiefs come back 20 to 17. They're 7 and 2. The Panthers are struggling. I'm at the point where, before I write them off, I've got to see them Thursday night at home against the Saints. 
to win, you know, a division game. Because the way the NFC is, if they pretty much run the table, they still have a shot at 10-6. and You've got to believe. You just don't know if they can run the table. But we've seen them do it. They did it two years ago when they had to run the table. We saw them win so much last year. So who who are the Panthers? You know, we have a lot of questions, right? We, we kind of know uh, kind of maybe Raiders, Chiefs, Patriots, Cowboys, Seahawks. There's like four or five teams that are kind of solid in, in, in who they kind of are in both uh, conferences. But the Panthers are still uh, they're, they're an, an enigma, you know. I mean, who are they? And Enigma wrapped happened? in a dilemma. Yeah, wrapped in an anomaly. What's happened to the defense? Yeah, that's even better. <laughs> you know what happened? And, and I look and I go back to the Super Bowl. I think mm. last year they played out of their skin and they played out mm. of their mind, and they're not a 15-1 and team. Remember how in the beginning of the year we kept saying, how is this team going to score? And then without Kelvin Benjamin, like really? They did something. How are they yeah. going to score? So they did, and, and by magic, and I think a little bit by smoke and mirrors. The, the defense is aging. Josh Norman, for whatever you want to say, was was kind of the, uh, one of the critical pieces in there. Davis and Keekley are now uh, maybe officially on the backside. I mean, you know, Davis is in his what thirteenth year, twelfth oh, yeah, year. Davis, yeah. Keekley, Keekley's they're, still they're, in the middle of his prime, I think. But they're He's on the. Young. But yeah, but you know what? I, I I think that this D is very good. But last year was the best you'll see of them. I mean, I don't know that they'll meet last year's level. And the fact that they're not taking advantage of Funches and Benjamin, two big receivers, two dynamic receivers, Olsen's on the backside of his career. So they're too predictable. They run Cam too much. He takes too many hits. So I got to think that this Carolina team, not, not at, whatever they are, three and seven, or three and six, sorry. This Carolina team is more like reality going forward than the team that went 15 and one. I don't think they run the table. I don't think they're that good. They're not They're not going to go 10 and six. Maybe they'll go eight and eight. Are they nine and seven? Yeah. I got to look at their schedule. Let's pull up their schedule. I mean, we we got to see who they're playing. Let's, let's check this out. Let's do this on the fly. So they've got. I, I feel LeVay, as if they got the Saints. The Saints. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! They've got the Saints <laughs> at the Raiders, at the Seahawks versus the Chargers, Ooh. at the Redskins versus the Falcons, at the Bucks. They're not running the table. Ouch! That seems like six and ten, right? That is, in some ways, the losing Super Bowl hangover because the losing team sometimes does have that hangover. It'd be remarkable if they go nine and seven. That sounds like six and ten to me. But you just don't know, right? It's like we just didn't know because I think you took the Vikings. I went with them skins. Um, you know what? <clears throat> Props to Vernon Davis because he's he's still doing it. Now they're kind of using him and Reed as a double tight end. They take care of Minnesota in a back and forth game, twenty six twenty, and the Vikings are like the Eagles. They're, you know, they're still alive, except, I mean, the Redskins are like the Eagles. But except what's better, because of that tie, they're only 5-3-1. and one. They don't have that 5-4. and four. Right. So you got to watch the Redskins when it comes down to the wild card in the NFC. 
because, you know, all these teams, right, so let's say it's Seattle, Dallas, you know, let's just say Detroit, and uh, Cowboys, you know, or whoever, you know, and the, and the Falcons win their division. When you talk about the two wild cards, Packers, Vikings, Redskins, Giants, Cardinals, they're all in it. You know, they're so all in it, absolutely. That tie at 5-3-1, and one, that tie for the Redskins, and then beating the Vikings head-to-head, that surely helps. Um, look, Stephon Diggs got busy, and he does his thing. Um, not you, happy? Sure what... you happy Davis and Diggs? I mean, listen, that's a young Tarps. You the happy that Maryland goes. alumni network, you know, did that you call is... from your Maryland alums and do a yo Tarps? Yeah, that... That is definitely a yo Terps, and my man Van Pelt would, you know, would definitely have to rap for Diggs. Look, Diggs is becoming a a pretty solid number one, 13 By the way, that kid Salem looks pretty good, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, look, Juan Treadwell, that was, that's supposed to be him and Cordero Patterson, but this kid looks pretty good. It's hard to fathom that Treadwell and then the Redskins rookie, um, who was our other guy, they're doing nothing. They don't even see the field. Who who the Redskins get the other wide receiver? There was the Oh uh, yeah, stud. yeah, their first round pick, uh, Josh Doxson. Yeah. Those were two of the top yeah, those are the two top receivers really. And you, they're not doing anything where in the last two or three seasons the rookie wide receivers have been killing it. So that's fascinating in itself. So just, you know, Leaving this game and, and ending with the Packers and Titans, which I told you the Titans are going to win the AFC South, do you believe that Kirk Cousins deserves a long-term 15 to $18 million a year quarterback contract, a five-year deal? From, yes. from Washington. I, I, yes. I, I hate to, I hate if to say if you get rid of him, oh, how do you replace him? Ex- yeah. Well, that's that's my point. If you get rid of him, <laughs> who are you signing, Ryan Fitzpatrick? I mean, quarterbacks <laughs> are hard to come by. And if you're so if you a team good, that is yeah. currently going to finish at or around 500, you're not going to draft in the first round anyway a quarterback you know, you might be able to pick right. up a gem, right? Russell Wilson was a third rounder. Tom Brady was a sixth rounder. These things right. happen. But for the right. most Right, maybe part, you get lucky and get Chad Kelly later on, but you're not getting Kaiser and Watson, the number two yeah, your you know, impact, quarterbacks. Yeah, your impact guys go top five. Um, so the other guys, you the know, maybe round, yeah. you take a shot on them and maybe they turn out to be great, right? Drew Brees was, was the first pick in the second round. Yeah. Um, but I draft Chad Kelly. It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to to especially if he leads you to the playoffs again. It's hard not to give him the money. Uh, and again, I'm not a huge Kirk Cousins fan, but I, but but a bird in the hand, a bird in the hand. He's good enough to win in the NFL, and that that's a lot of ten, twelve, fifteen teams can't say that. So yeah, I, I do think he he should get that money from the Skins. Forty-seven to twenty. Oof! My, the Tennessee Titans put it on, and I say on the Packers. And yes, you know Rodgers had a good had a good day and got a lot of fantasy points. But Marcus Mariota, DeMarco Murray, Delaney Walker were doing some hip hop. That was so impressive. And when and you see DeMarco throwing touchdown passes to Delaney. I mean, come on. I you know I have Marco DeMarco on my fantasy team. DeMarco to Delaney. Delicious. Uh, Be gorgeous. <laughs> but, Ray, 
just like we talk about the Cowboys, the uh, Raiders, the Titans have built it right. They have a mammoth and solid offensive line from Taylor Lewan to Womack to a couple of these other guys. They've been drafting stud offensive line. thrown out of the game. You saw Taylor Lewan. Hopefully he doesn't yeah, miss no, time because the referee can't do that. Yeah, you, you can't do that, Taylor. But I'm going to tell you, I, I really believe the Titans will beat out the Texans and the Colts. And I think Marcus Mariota, he might even be a little step ahead of Jameis. Now maybe they've done a better job building around him. Jameis might have better wide receiver, and if Doug Martin is healthy, you know, talents, you know, with Mike Evans. But right now, Titans have a much better offensive line than Tampa Bay. And Marcus and Marcus Mariota, you heard the stat in two years of playing this last season and now this season, he has not thrown one interception in the red zone, and that in itself is really wow. impressive. That's, that's, He's that money. Is impressive. He is money. I got to tell you points, what, you talk a about a team – you talk about a team in, in search of a number one receiver. Um, now, Delaney Walker is, is, is their number one receiver. But if you were to give that team that has Oof, DeMarco right. Murray and Derrick Henry and Delaney Walker and that offensive line and Mariota. Would you sign you know, Alshon Jeffrey? Taji Sharp and Richard Matthews, you know. And move them Kendall all down. Wright. And Kendall Wright, move them all down one. Right, make make Kendall Wright a two, Matthews a three, and Sharp a four. Would you sign Alshon Jeffrey if you're Tennessee? I They're under the cap. What? It would change. That might be the, a good difference maker, yeah, right? Change the that Ooh. would change the complexion. <laughs> you know what I mean? So anyway, let's get to the Monday Thursday night picks. We got to move it on to college football tonight. The New York Football Giants are hosting the Cincinnati Bengals, two and a half point favorites. It's Odell against AJ, Dalton against Manning. For me, I think the Giants can squeeze this one out. It should be fascinating. Both of them need to win to stay in in, in playoff contention, the hunt for the division and the hunt for the wild card for the Giants. I'm going to say AJ outduels Odell. But I think Rashard Jennings gets some things going a little bit more than Jeremy Hill. Even though the Bengals have a better defense than the Giants, I just think the Giants are slowly getting better defensively each week. I like Landon Collins and Apple and and the defensive line. So I'm going to take the Giants to cover the spread and win 27-24. Sterling Shepard gets six catches. Rashard Jennings maybe rushes for 70 yards, you know, and maybe gets a touchdown, and I'll take the Giants to win. And I'll take the other side of that. I think Cincinnati is waiting to put that one game together, and I think the long week playing on Monday night, the Giants have been known to keep teams in the games. Eli Manning has eight interceptions. The running game, even if they go – even if they get ahead, they don't really play from ahead very well because they can't consistently run the ball. I think that the Bengals have dynamic players, um, Bernard and Hill and Dalton, A.J. Green. Obviously, they they really, really miss more than they ever imagined, you know, Jones and Sanu. Um, but in this game, I think they'll do enough to beat the Giants. I think the Giants are a... An eight and eighteen, basically. They're they're an up and down team. It's kind of like if it wasn't for those two Super Bowls, right? It's like Eli Manning's career. Some years he looks great, and some years he leads the league in interceptions. And I think that this is the this is the Giants team. And I think this is one of those weeks where Cincinnati just comes in and bites them. It's an AFC team. Maybe the Giants are not as focused because 
you know, they're not playing against an NFC team or even an NFC East rival. And I, I just think the Bengals win this game. I'll say they win in a shootout. I'll say they win 30-26. to 26. Ouch. Thursday night football, NBC finally gets it. The guys have been doing it, but now it will be on air on NBC. And the Panthers are hosting the Saints. And remind me to tell you something funny about Chris Collinsworth. They had a Twitter war today. It was mad funny. But um, so I think when it comes down to it, I do think as well as I, I like the Saints and how they've been playing pretty darn good this year, I think the Panthers will turn it around enough to win at home and beat the Saints, but it's going to be darn close. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say, in a weird score, not not too weird, but I'll say 24-22, the Panthers beat the Saints in Thursday Night Football. Oh, see, this is two. These are two teams where you, you got to think. You never want to say that one game is that important. But one game is that important here. Um, the, uh, you got to think the loser of this game is pre- definitely fits the Panthers if they go three and seven. But the loser of this game has no chance um, in the, in that division because the the wild card is probably going to be nine and seven. The division might be nine and seven too for them. Um, but uh, and obviously you need the Falcons to keep losing. So I think that Carolina was bitten and they're embarrassed, and their backs are to the wall, and they'll be up for the challenge. I think Drew Brees does It's hard to win, lose two home games in a row. Especially yeah, a especially to a division rival that you know pretty well. And Drew Brees not sneaking up on anybody. You know exactly who he is. You know what he does. And I think that they're able to keep him in check, and I think Cam explodes and has an unbelievable game. I think he'll go for four touchdowns. So fantasy people, play you some Cameron Jarrell. <laughs> Panthers win so, 30 to 24. Saturday night, we had total chaos. No matter the top Five of the top ten lost. Five of the Two, top three, ten, and three of the lost. top four. Yeah, I mean, it, it was legendary. Now, I'm just going to just give you a little taste. We'll talk about what the, what will happen tomorrow. But the AP has Bama, Ohio State, Louisville, Michigan, which is what I kind of thought it would be, Clemson 5, Wisconsin 6, Washington 7, Oklahoma's creeping back up at 8, Penn State 9, West Virginia 10. I do believe West Virginia should be 9 and Penn State 10. Do you think the committee will have it Bama, Clemson, I mean, Bama, Ohio State, Louisville, Michigan, their top four. How do you think the committee goes tomorrow? It's hard to tell with those 12, 11 <laughs> uh, guys and one lady, Condoleezza Rice, we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, these teams are so evenly matched in terms of they all have one loss. I'm talking about two, three, four, five. They all have one loss. You can make the argument – Either way, I think they're less worried about the rankings only because Ohio State plays Michigan in a week. But here's the thing. So I, I do think that Michigan will probably get, even though somebody said something, Michigan hadn't left the state of Michigan uh, before they lost. But I do think that Michigan might be 
higher than Louisville? And then you have a philosophical question, right? Can right, you Clemson put beat Louisville. Clemson <laughs> over Louisville, or can you put Louisville over Clemson when they when they beat them head to head? So when Clemson beat Louisville, obviously, although the game did On come out the final yeah. play. So right. not sure about that. But here here's the here's the even more interesting scenario. Ohio State, the number two team in the nation, the arguably the second best team. You don't love JT Barrett. I like him more than you do. They don't control their own destiny. It's very possible that they don't even play in the Big Ten championship. Number two team in the nation doesn't play in their conference championship game. Penn State controls their destiny if Ohio State beats Michigan. So Ohio State beats – play that scenario in your mind for a minute. Ohio That's State crazy. beats Michigan – and does not and, play and in the Penn State wins the tiebreaker. Yeah, you know, Ray, it, I can't wait. It's going to be fascinating. I got to tell you, I was shocked that Iowa beat Michigan. Now I, I know they've they've got the makeup, but I thought that team last year was better than this year's team. This was sort of a down year for them, but they it seems like they just rose to the occasion to get that 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 one huge win, and um, that was big. I was big. Now, what about Oklahoma State? What if they ran the table? How about them Cowboys? They beat TCU in Oklahoma. You know, but also let's just give some props to USC and Clay Helton, you know. They're playing uh, as good, uh, you know, as well as anybody in the country right now. That was a huge win, Ray. That was huge. That was the other one that really surprised me. So, you're right. I, I don't know. I would say Clemson's loss to Pitt is worse than Louisville's loss to Clemson. I would just say that. And you don't so have that, a problem with, back to, with head-to-head? I don't because I think the see who gets to the ACC and all that, I still think Louisville has to play Houston. and So we'll see how the rest of it plays out, but – I, right now, I I wouldn't have a problem because just like TCU got ahead of Baylor because TCU, everybody saw that game. They were like the better team. Baylor was at home. And I think Louisville, to me, Lamar was the better player. Maybe Clemson was a better team, but they made some bad mistakes too. I, I just thought, look, they had home field advantage. So neutral field, I think Louisville would have won. So I would say you're right. I'd have Michigan three, Louisville four, Clemson five. So we'll see how it plays out. Let's let's get to our segment, man. We haven't done a segment in a while. We could close out real quick with the NBA and some college hoops because we got some big games tomorrow night in college basketball we got to talk about. And the season has kind of started. We've got the Big Ten, Big East battle going on, too, starting tonight. Villanova-Purdue. How about that? Both ranked. But I'm going to start first. I need to say I'm sorry. And, you know, sometimes – we say stuff, and, you know, we could be a little harsh, and we might even hurt some feelings. You know, we don't know if, if, if people get to hear Ray and Tay and they, and they catch feelings against us. You know, hey, it's nothing what personal. What about their mothers? If their moms are there, you know, they want to hear anything bad the, about their boy, they, you know? Their play cousins or their nephew. But basically, to Hank and his Dolphins and Ryan Tannehill, who are 5-4, and four, who beat my Steelers, they went to San Diego and surprised me. Now, they had already come in on a winning streak. Jay Jai had been doing his thing. We thought no way would Tannehill outduel Phillip. And in some ways he didn't, but in some ways he did. 
because Philip threw the two picks. Jay did not, and I think, I mean, Ryan did not. But having Jay Ajayi, and he didn't have a great game, only 79 yards, but it balanced out Tannehill. And I think Ryan Tannehill and the Dolphins are in a position, Ray, where they could potentially get a wild card and make the playoffs. They are just as much into it as the Bills, the Steelers, the Ravens, any of the AFC South teams. You you know, I mean, look, they'd have to catch the Chiefs uh, Broncos, right, because let's say the Raiders win. But we'll see how it plays out. But they could easily wind up only being 11-5. and five. This team seems like they have the offensive – another team with a good offensive line. They've got that going. And Adam Gase, who I told Hank in a three-way text months ago between the three of us, give the guy a chance. He's a quarterback whisperer. He's a good young head coach and a good mind. And forever doubting them the way that I did this season because they started off so ugly, I have to say I'm sorry, Ryan Tannehill. I still don't love you, but your coach is making you better, and I think your team is on the right road. Maybe you don't make the playoffs, but you're definitely headed in the right direction. So I'm sorry to the Miami Dolphins and Ryan Tannehill. So we talked a little bit about this team, and I have to say I'm sorry to the Tennessee Titans because I thought this team was your same old, same old Tennessee Titans. Your boy Mike Malarkey was about to be run out of town, and (laughs) people said – On a stagecoach. Oh, yeah, they're like demote him to, you know, right tackle coach, and that's it. they took a chance on Marcus Mariota at number two in the draft. I mean, they didn't really took a chance. He, he fell into the, but they they handed him the reins, right? They, they people said, "Oh, you got to change your offense for this guy. He's he's uh, he's untraditional." You know, anybody coming out of Oregon, especially at the quarterback position, they they do think my uh, you know Halfridge, uh does the, and Chip Kelly before him does things a different way, and they went out and decided, you know what, we're going to play old school football. We're going to build up that offensive line. We're going to get us a DeMarco Murray on the cheap because obviously that experiment in Philadelphia didn't work. So they brought him in. They gave the reins to Marcus Mariota. They decided to lock down Delaney Walker. And they're 5-5, five and five, which doesn't sound like a lot. Like, all right, they're 5-5. Five and five. That's not great. That's 500. But you know what? The trend is your friend, my friend. They are on the uptick. They are looking good. Like we said, they're a dynamic receiver or a dynamic player away. They don't really have dynamic uh, dynamism, if you will, on offense. But they're a young team on offense, big and strong on the offensive line. The defense is good, can can definitely improve uh, team. First, you got to learn how to win. You have to feel like you have a chance in every game, and that's what the Tennessee Titans have. They walk into the stadium thinking, we can win this game. We have every right to win this game. And guess what? The old neighborhood play, nobody but nobody's running away with that AFC South, right? Houston's not that good. The Colts are not that good. Jacksonville's terrible. And so why not Tennessee Titans, right? Why not yeah, why go, not us? <laughs> why not go us, go ten and six, 
win the division. Nine and seven might win the division. And go ahead, Tennessee. So my bad. I'm sorry for doubting the Tennessee Titans. Good for them. So we had the Veterans Day Classic. That was fun. Arizona, Michigan State battled. Um, you know, Michigan State lost, so now they got to battle tomorrow night against Kentucky. So they're at 13. Kentucky's at two. And then uh, Kansas looked also oh very good with Thomas Bryant and the boys, or, you know, Indiana, I'm sorry. And um, so we've got this classic that, that, that goes on tomorrow night in college hoops. So you got Kentucky against Michigan State, and then you've got in the second game, in the first game, you have Duke against Kansas. Um, Kansas losing to Indiana, Michigan State losing, but they both are now an opportunity where, you know, Kansas is a seven playing number one Duke. Duke's already 2-0. This is going to be a nice kind of insight, early insight, to see when the big boys play each other. Duke, Kansas, who, you know, where they're at early, you know, we'll get a gauge of the young players, the freshmen, some of the sophomores who's ready to improve. And then Kentucky, Michigan State, Izzo, you know, of, of course, going up against Calipari. And so I'm really excited about those games. I also want to tell everybody, Oregon against Baylor, but with the Big East Big Ten Classic, you know how every year they have the ACC Big Ten? Well, this time you got the Big East against the Big 12, Big Ten. So tonight is Villanova-Purdue, and all you know all the games will start going. But what do you think about Wisconsin number nine against number 22 Creighton tomorrow night? You know what I mean? Like these, these, uh, these, the classics. When you have the Big East play ACC or ACC Big Ten, now it's Big East Big Ten. I don't know if ACC Big Ten has canceled it or not. But just give me your thoughts. What do you think is going to happen with the, the, the tournament, the two colossal teams at the Garden playing, obviously, you know, starting with Duke and, um, and Kansas and then Kentucky-Michigan State? So you Michigan ready? State lost the heartbreaker. And I think they'll lose again. I think this Kentucky yeah. team is is gearing up Calipari style, and Duke as well. Duke is just so talented. Um, oh, yeah. They're number one for a reason. Kansas, you know, Kansas Indiana. That was a great game. That game went to overtime. It could have been, you know, could have gone either way. Uh, basically, that was a coin flip. So I think these will be great games. And you know what? In and Duke has ways, experience, right? They bring back uh, what's the kid? It was Grayson in the Allen. Yeah, he's a junior. Grayson now. Allen. He's yeah, a junior. He's a, That's so rare. And a talented yeah, junior, right? He's not just like yeah, a, a junior who averaged he's twenty. Like, yeah, a junior yeah. who averaged twenty points a game last year. A returning twenty point a game scorer. That that's pretty much unheard that's of. That's crazy. Play, this day and age, with he's not just a plumly returning. <laughs> yeah. Come on now. But I, I think oh, it's great. Here's the thing, though. As much as I love seeing this game in November, I want to see it in March or, or maybe in February. You know what I mean? So, yeah. no, no, you definitely. know, the one thing we'll say to fans is don't, especially with these young kids, they're so young, don't look yeah. too much into these games, right? So when you're remembering, it's you know, a measuring stick. Game, yeah. it's a little bit of a measuring stick, but, but games and teams can turn completely around by the time February and March comes. But still, it's great entertainment. 
if, if nothing so else, what it does, yes, it's building character and experience for these kids. And I think that's, you know, when you do that against a team like, you know, look, Duke opened up against Morgan State. You don't learn anything, right? But when you play against, uh, you know, Kansas, oh, you're going to learn something. So, you know, that's how I look at it. Um, you know, and, and it's always fun and exciting. And I think, you know, for the programs, the one thing about college basketball that's different from college football, college football, one, two, three losses could be the end of your season. College basketball, you know, you you you, you get to March. And so you have three, four, five, six, seven losses. You're not out of it. But you have an opportunity for three weeks to, you know, win six games and go on a ride. And usually the cream of the crop gets there. So you're building a resume is what you're doing, even in the early part of the season, just to make it to the field of 65 so or 66. So it's going to be fun. I'm sorry, 68. Gosh, times have changed, right? You know, you, you forget. Uh, so round one. Let's, <laughs> Let's start with the NBA, man, because I'm kind of fascinated to see how, like, look, if the playoffs ended today, just how things are going. And one thing I noticed, the Atlanta Hawks have really, you know, 7-2, and two, you know, they're number two seed, but they come off of beating Cleveland and, and Chicago and had a, a very nice uh, weekend, and they're looking good. And, you know, you got the Cavs, Hawks, Toronto, Charlotte, Bulls 5, Celtics six, Bucks seven, um, at eight is the Pistons. Are you surprised about any of them being there? And then with the Brooklyn Nets at nine and Pacers at 11, Brooklyn Nets obviously playing pretty decent basketball, four and five. What's your gauge in the Eastern Conference? And are you disappointed by the Pacers at all, who we both thought would be maybe a top five, six, four seed? And, I'm disappointed you know, in the Pacers, but I haven't written them off, so they're fine. Right, it's early. The Heat at 2-6 and six are a little bit yeah, surprising. I don't think they'd be this bad. I don't think they'd be in, you know, Wizards and, and Sixers territory. Wizards, we talk about them. Oh, you know, something's yeah. wrong there. They're going to have to blow that up. But the Charlotte Hornets, you know, they're they're the team for me. They're the team that, that is definitely the surprise. I mean, Atlanta at 7-2, and two, you know, they have a tradition of winning – um, losing Al Horford was but you one gotta thing, be but surprised. You had Atlanta out of the playoffs, right? You yeah, gotta be surprised. I, I did. Uh, Dwight Howard, even though I picked him up in fantasy, I wasn't sure how he'd do. Um, but he's still, at, you know, seven feet. He's still at six eleven, I guess. He's still athletic. Uh, but but I'm kind of happy Charlotte. for him. That team had a bad rap the last three years, right? You got to be happy for Howard. Yeah. I do, and, and I, I hate to see a guy. And, and did you see, by the way, Greg Oden calling himself the biggest bust in NBA history? Like, is, is that a wow. is that a, a, a claim to fame? I mean, what is that? You know what I mean? I, but, I don't know. Maybe it's just an honesty pill. So let's look at the West real quick too, because it's you know Clippers are. We've talked about it. They are doing it at nine and one, and uh, eight and two for the Warriors. So it's Clippers, Warriors, Spurs. Blazers at four, Utah five, OKC six, Rockets seven, and the young, young Lake Show at eight, the Lakers. So Grizzlies are right there at nine. You know, Minnesota's a little bit down. Dallas is down. Sacramento's right there at 10. What's your gauge on a surprise? I mean, I know for me, um, 
a little surprised at how well the Lakers are playing. You know, it's one night they win and they lose one and they win two. They're six and five, but they're playing really good. I told you the other night, I, I'm really impressed with Luke Walton. Um, and I wasn't surprised at all at Portland and Utah. I thought that would be exactly, you know, they're they're playing, they're doing really well. I am surprised though. I thought I thought Utah would be good. Uh, I'm surprised Portland seven and four. I thought that uh, the league would figure out those two guards and they would be good. But in the West, it's brutal to be number four in the West. I mean, I don't I don't think they'll end up number four in the West, but still, um, Dallas at two and six, may, maybe it's over. Maybe they need to blow it up and just uh, yeah. start. Start over, and and you know I'm disappointed in Minnesota at three and six. Uh, your boy Wiggins scored 47 the other night, uh, yes. but this team, over the Lakers, right? this team, uh, you know it's it's time. It's time to start winning games, and I know it's tough in the West, but look at the teams ahead of you. Sacramento's ahead of you. Memphis is ahead of you. You know Lakers are ahead of you. These are teams that you got to feel deep down <sighs> that you should be able to beat. You should be able to be better than them. Yeah, well, let's say this. Thankfully, the Pelicans and Sixers have both gotten their wins, you know, so that's good for them. We don't have to have a, a horrible streak of, you know, the, you know, teams that have not got a W, and there's no perfection. Cavs, you know, they lost to the Hawks. So that's kind of all settled and stuff, and that's good. So, look, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good sports week, a bunch of, you know, good, uh, you know, NBA games, some good games tonight, the Giants. Hey, Ray, we got to give a – Props to Saturday Night Live. They brought back Dave Chappelle. Amazing. I mean, when I tell you, so many funny sketches. The intro was fun. He had some profanities, and he's like, "Sorry, Lord." Yeah, <laughs> it was I heard. Just like classic. All <laughs> oh, right, you gotta see it. It is. I, I saw mean, it. I saw it. Yeah, yeah, no, he, yeah. He, he's he, incredible. He, he killed it. Dave and it was just tense the best. Up. You could see he was just he was just back in his element, and and it's just. He was the perfect sketch comedy. Uh, his thing, guy. man. Stand up and sketch comedy. He's 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 one of the kings. He's the guy is you know uber 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 super duper talented and a tribe called Quest. Can I tell you? It felt like a, an old friend came back in my life that I hadn't seen or spoke to in so long. But like they always inspired me, and they came back and inspired me again. And right now, it's thanks for your service. We'll take it from here. That's the title of the album. Go get it. A Tribe Called Quest. Andre 3000's on it. Jerobi's back. Rhyming. Bust the Rhymes. And, of course, Fife Dog. He recorded the whole album before he passed away. Thank goodness. And it is so good. So good. Ugh. That's hip-hop. Tribe Called Quest. That is hip-hop. So I'm happy, man. I'm happy. You dumb. Yeah, well, so. go enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the college basketball tomorrow night. And we'll catch you oh, guys yeah. on Friday. We'll talk uh, NFL, NCAA, NASCAR, by the way, is in its championship on over the weekend. So we'll give them a little shout-out on Friday. Definitely, 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 definitely. And probably Friday some uh, postseason uh, baseball awards and all that. And Oh, yeah, Corey fun, Seager so. won NL Rookie of the Year. we got to give him a shout-out for that. Oh, that's just, wow. I didn't see that today. Okay, go ahead, Corey. He deserves it. He deserves it. So, good show. Hopefully, uh, Tay's got the Giants and Ray's got the Bengals. So, uh, enjoy some football. We will uh, catch you next week. We'll catch you on Friday. (laughs) We are out. Peace.